0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay the voice of Davo. Well, this was definitely one of my five favorite games of the year today as the Royals take three of four from the White Sox in firm control of the AL Central, or at least as much as you can on July 19th as KC beats the Sox in well, somewhat improbable fashion today, four to one. It's Devo on your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation. Glad you are along for an action-packed edition. And I say the Royals improbably won in this fashion today for three Reasons. I'm not saying it was a complete shocker they won, but I'm saying it was a fairly big shocker they won in this fashion for three reasons. Number one, Danny Duffy gives you a career best eight plus inning. So Duffy has never gone that far before. That's the first thing that was semi improbable, though he's been trending very much upward his last four starts. His fourth straight start of at least six innings or more for Duff. Number two, the Royals had only Joe Blanton and Johan Pino realistically available in that bullpen today. That's the second thing that made this semi-improbable, that the Royals were able to beat Chris Sale. That's the third reason, the fact that Chris Sale was a participant in this game. Even knowing the Royals have done okay against him in, in his career, still, uh, if someone were to told you before the game it was 4-1, to one, you'd almost for sure think the White Sox won the game, wouldn't you? Knowing those factors, most likely, but not today. The Royals won. That, that, and that's the reason it was so fun for me to watch this. Not only the fact that they had that formula, but the fact that the formula itself was so much fun to watch. Danny Duffy, superb infield defense today and terrific offense. And Casey gets it done, moving to six ahead of the Twins, assuming the Twins don't come back from down six nothing against Oakland and double digit leads against Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit. I mean, you don't want to – you can call Chicago out. They're sellers now. They're they're bye-bye. And Detroit's out too. Detroit is Justin Verlander again today, what, three innings, giving up seven, eight runs, ERA like 6-6 now. Uh, that team, no Miggy, that's a team with a lot of problems. That team's not coming back. And some of those teams could still compete for a wild card, possibly, although, you know, even if you're five and a half, six back at this point, that's not that much. But the fact that you have to jump like four, five, six teams makes it near impossible. So, really, those teams are pretty much Detroit and Chicago completely out. I still have a sliver of worry about Cleveland because they're pitching and they've underachieved so much. Uh, but really, at this point, it feels like it's the Royals and the Twins. But let's get to our player of the game and break this one down and preview uh, Pittsburgh. Of course, our player of the game, obviously, Danny Duffy for the second time this year. The eight-plus innings, allowing just a solo shot, leading off the ninth. Six hits were scattered by Duffy. Four Ks and a walk. He only struggled next sixth inning when he got out of it. Second, third, one out. Strikes out Jose Abreu and then gets Milky Cabrera as well. I mean, that's it. That was it for for the White Sox. Royals at that point were ahead just two nothing, but Duffy gets through that sixth, and then that's with authority. You're like, Okay, we got this now, right? Duffy's number is getting better as well. ERA's down to four two four. You know, becoming a league average starter to this point, now trending towards being well above league average if he can continue uh, you know, the four outings in a row of six plus innings and and really keeping the score down, doing a nice job. And, and only 113 pitches. That tied is season high, only 113 tossed by Duffy in this gym today, which is good to see. And the Royals, of course, had to get at least six out of him today. You wanted seven, and Duffy gave you eight plus. So just an awesome job by Duffy. Getting the ground balls as well. In my opinion, this might have been the best defensive game of the year. And I think I've said that like nine different times this year. But uh, just, just for the fact that, I mean, there wasn't the one spectacular play, you know, the Gordon diving into the stands, which also happened at USA Field. There wasn't that play or some of these other ones you've seen. But it was just the fact that there were so many very good plays made. We had five, six, a couple each from Esky and Enfante up the middle. I mean, it was just like... Uh, it just wasn't fair, almost, right? So between that and then you have Joe Blanton coming in with a nice ninth inning in what could be his last game as a Royal with Chris Medlin being activated tomorrow. Pino will go back down tomorrow with Medlin activated, and I would assume Blanton is DFA'd unless he somehow gets an injury between now and Tuesday. when. Uh, Jason Vargas is activated to make that start against Pittsburgh. But two K's and a one, two, three, ninth. Nice job by Blanton. Like I said, the Royals, the defense, the, the infield, because 13 of the 27 outs today were made on the ground. Six strikeouts for the Royals. So only eight fly balls today. Flyouts, I should say. KC, 20 games over 500. They've won 10 of their last 12. 19 of 25 against the Sox, including 18 of 24 at the cell. And offensively, let's get to that, too. Because the Royals faced, you know, Chris freaking Sale today. And we said coming into this series, you didn't want to go into game four having to win to salvage a split. Well, luckily, the Royals didn't do that. And I think it you know enabled them to be a little bit more relaxed today. Yes, they've, they've had some success against Sale, though he did pretty much shut them down earlier this year. But yes, the Royals have had success against Sale in the past. I think the fact that they already had two wins allowed them to come out a little bit more relaxed today. Not that they wouldn't have, but maybe that doesn't really matter. Maybe we're well past that point. This team's probably past that point, really becoming a veteran team at this point. Guy, A lot of guys in their primes and a lot of guys at the end of their primes, but still in their primes. Meaning a lot of guys are entering their primes, is what I should have said, and a lot of guys still in their primes towards the end. So a lot of really good... Uh, veteran leadership and well-established baseball players on this team for the Royals. And that allowed them to get four runs off of Chris Sale on 11 hits and six and a third. He did strike out six, walk one. Really, the Royals could have gotten him for more. He had the runner at third with nobody out and the third inning couldn't get him in second inning, guy on base. First inning, he had some more on, and Salvi came up two on and two outs. So the Royals really could have gotten more than the four runs and six and a third. But I mean, sign me up for that every time against Chris Sale. Sign me up just about any pitcher in the league, four runs and six and a third. That'll get it done with the pitching and defense we continue to see from the Royals, especially if they get these kind of efforts from guys like Duffy and hopefully Ventura, who will tow the slab tomorrow. More on that in 30 seconds. Let's finish off here with the offense. Omar Infante, an extra base hit today, a double leading off an inning. He had a couple big home runs. Lorenzo Kane, his 6th of the year sorry, his 10th of the year in the 6th, 6th inning, 10th of the year for Kane making it 2-0 KC and then you have Paula Orlando, a 2-run shot in the 7th, extending and doubling the lead to 4-0, that's all that she wrote 3-hit game for Haas and 2 hits for Rios, Moose, and Eske one more note in the offense, getting back to Paula Orlando, I crunched some numbers hit some hit more home runs than I realized he'd hit in the minor leagues Never really paid attention too much. I knew he wasn't a power hitter. Only hit double digits a couple of years in the minor leagues. But I went back and averaged it out. One home run every 59 and a third at-bats for Orlando. And that includes A-ball and high A and double A. I didn't even break down the triple A numbers. So just 59.3 every at bat, Every 59.3 at-bats, he hit a home run in the minor leagues, right? What's your guess on what he's doing in the major leagues? 34.2. Hashtag sample size. Very small sample size. You know, 125 or was 135, whatever at bats. Not so, not that many at bats, but still, four home runs already for Orlando. Late bloomer didn't start playing baseball until later. Didn't didn't play, you know, the kind of the ball the guys in the U.S. do, especially in the Florida and California. You know, in Brazil, the baseball is just now slowly becoming more popular. But still, maybe this guy, maybe maybe the Royals have something. You get excited about guys like him, and you look down at Triple A, and you got another guy like Balbino Fuenmayor down there. Raking, We haven't even really talked too much about him. We'll talk more about him soon. But just just another one of those guys that hopefully develops late in the Royals. You know, got him from the White Sox, of course, in that very controversial trade back in the day. Why am I forgetting the guy's name, the Lieutenant Pitcher? Help me out here. Uh God, I can see him. How am I forgetting? I keep wanting to say Franklin Morales. Whatever. What was that guy's name? I'm going to have to Google this right now. How am I forgetting the guy's name that the Royals traded Paulo Orlando for? Paulo Orlando trade. We're just going to Google this live here. I'm going to feel like an idiot. Horacio Ramirez. That's who it is before I even got to the Google. So there you go. And that very controversial Horacio Ramirez deal that me and about three other people remember. Sarcasm on the controversy there. So the Royals definitely making the White Sox, I'm sure, have some regret, even though that's been years and years ago. The fact that the Royals were able to get him. And that was one of Dayton Moore's earliest coups as GM. With the Royals, so let's preview the Pittsburgh series. So the Royals now come home twenty games over five hundred. If they finish five hundred, there's seventy-two games left. If Casey goes thirty-six and thirty-six, they win ninety-one games, and that will get it done in the AL Central. The Royals have to play five hundred the rest of the year to win this division. And you know, you, you don't want to put the cart before the horse, or get lazy, or get cocky, and because you saw what happened, the Angels. You know, the Royals most likely are probably going to clinch this division in early to mid-September. The way it's looking right now. I don't see any of these teams behind them being big-time buyers at the deadline or having big-time things happen. That I mean, I think Cleveland's the one team that could surge the most in the second half, but they're so far behind that even if the Royals play 500 ball, Cleveland can't catch them at this point. So the Royals, to me, pretty much have the AL Central sewed up barring a couple of big injuries or barring a complete meltdown. Even if the Royals, you figure even if they go slightly under 500, they still probably win the AL Central. So you're getting to the point where you come home now and just playing 500 ball the rest of the year. That makes these series nice when you're playing a good team like Pittsburgh, especially when they're throwing guys like A.J. Burnett at you on Monday, Garrett Cole on Tuesday, and a very solid Charlie Morton on Wednesday. Now you don't have to always win two out of three in these series, and I get I, getting back to you know the clenching early. We saw what happened to the Angels last year against the Royals when they basically hadn't played meaningful baseball in three or four weeks, and they come out and the Royals had been the Royals just rode the momentum. So I don't know that that'll be a problem with this Royals team. And obviously, I'll take it all day if the Royals run away with the division. I, I'd much rather have them win it easily so they can rest guys and line things up better for the playoffs, pitching wise, and give give guys like Salvi more days off in September. So there's more positives way more positives. And the fact that you're clinching the division early, obviously. And I'm not trying to jinx this here, but I'm just saying if you look ahead where the Royals are trending right now, I feel like they're probably going to win this division by six, seven games. And I think Cleveland will be the team that's second place by the end of the season. But now KC coming home for a series like this, you no longer have to win every series. You just can't get swept. You have to win. You know, the goal now is to win. You still want to win every series. But the good thing is you come home against a tough team. If you lose two out of three, it's not the end of the world now. You just can't get swept. The Royals can't afford to get swept from here on out. That's always going to stay the same. And you got to take care of the poor teams. But you just hold your own against the really good teams, and you're going to win the Central. So starting off with Pittsburgh, who's very good, going to be the wild card team, the top wild card team in the NL. You've got A.J. Burnett maybe having, uh, I don't know, the best year of his career. The strikeout numbers aren't what they once were. But an all-star for the first time in his 17-year career, his final season at the big league level. 2-1-1 ERA trending for about 220 innings for Burnett. You sure you want to retire, dude? Wow. Hasn't seen the Royals since 2012. he will be, you know, the Royals will have their hands full, but then again, they had him full tonight against Chris Sale, just like they did when they beat Felix Hernandez with Joe Blanton this year and, you know, on and on and on and they've beaten several guys this year. David Price, on and on and on. So, Yordano Ventura is the opposition tomorrow night for AJ Burnett. Has never seen the Pirates. Only Sean Rodriguez has won it bat against him, over one. So the Pirates have no idea. I mean, they've heard about Ventura, they've seen the video, but no one has stepped in the box against him. Rails, not a ton against Burnett in recent years, but still. I still probably like the Pirates tomorrow, but who knows? You can't you can't even predict these things anymore. Garrett Cole and Jason Vargas. I definitely like the Pirates on Tuesday. Vargas, a guy who has not gone more than six innings off, you know, all season coming off the DL, his first start since June eighth. You know, likely looking at four to five innings, five plus innings out of Vargas against Garrett Cole, who's thirteen and three with a two three zero. How about Garrett Cole since September second of last year? Is seventeen and three. And has gone seven or more innings a dozen times. That's in that's in you know what seventy five percent of the season. Seventeen and three in seventy five percent of the season with a dozen performances of seven innings or more. Garrett Cole's a stud. I love the Pirates uh, coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Alex Rios, the only Royal who has seen Cole, he's one for two, and then of course only two guys on the Pirates though, have also seen Jason Vargas, Sean Rodriguez with his Tampa days, 143, and Francisco Cervelli from his Yankees days, 0 for 2. So the Royals hopefully can find a way to get one of the first two. I'm thinking it has to be Monday. I still give the Pirates the edge in both games based on pitching, but you know what? I'd like the Royals big time on Wednesday. Should be Edinson Volquez. The Royals haven't announced a starter. I can't imagine they would go. It'd be either Young or Volquez. I, I'm assuming they keep Volquez in his regular rest for sure. So I'm assuming it's Volquez and Morton. Morton is 6-3 and three with a 4-3-4 four, four against Volquez, who's 8-5 and five with a 3-2-8. Morton's got that sinker he's famous for that can be spectacular at times. He's only faced Escobar and Infante in this Royals lineup. And Volquez coming off 6 and a third. Uh, two runs on eight hits in game two against the White Sox. So what does it mean all in all? It means the Royals win game three of this series, and that's all they have to do in this series. But hopefully they can find a way to split these first two and in particular get that game tomorrow. Like I said, the Royals have won 10 of 12, so they're a, a red-hot ball club. And you can't overemphasize again how big today was from Danny Duffy and just saving that bullpen. Because assuming you DFA Blanton on Tuesday you know for Vargas... I suppose they could DFA him to have a fresh pinot tomorrow when they activate Medlin, but I doubt it. They'll probably keep Blanton as long as they can. Or maybe, like I said, maybe he will find a way to get injured by Tuesday. Who knows? But I mean, that gives you a 100% bullpen tomorrow. That gets them two full days off. And, yes, I know Holland got hot tonight, the ninth inning, but it wasn't a full hot. It was just kind of tossing. I'm not sure if the Royals were ever really going to bring him in the game either, to be completely honest with you. But uh, the fact that, you know, now you've got your, your all your guys on two days rest. The game ended yesterday at what? 6 p.m. Now, the next game is on Monday at 7 p.m. So they've got 49 plus hours of rest for all those guys, which was so big by Danny Duffy. And you get a win? I mean, if you had he just saved the bullpen in this game and the Royals lost, honestly, it still would have been fine if the Royals would have split this series and Duffy just pitched six plus seven innings of decent ball. But no, he took it three steps further. Got the innings more than we expected and pitched probably the best game of his season, although the game against Detroit was pretty amazing as well. So just so much positive from today for the Royals. So much positive looking forward. Just a great time to be a Royals fan. By the way, join us. Uh, should be tomorrow evening or Tuesday morning. We'll be publishing a chat that we'll be having tomorrow with Luke Farrell, who is the son of John Farrell, of course, of the Red Sox. Very inspirational life Farrell has had. Royals got him out of Northwestern in the sixth round a couple years back. He's at Northwest Arkansas. We'll talk to him coming up this week. More of your favorite former Royals players like Bobby Floyd, who played in the early 70s and is now a roving infield instructor for the Mets. That's coming up this week. So, so bookmark us, if you would, clubhouseconversation.com. Subscribe on iTunes to Clubhouse Conversation at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter or Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. And as always, I'd love to hear from you in any of those ways or email davo at clubhouseconversation.com. Have a great night. Go Royals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.